Hello, and you are listening to FPCast, the podcast for fruitless pursuits where we bullshit about the week in pop culture. I am Luke. And I'm Jacinta. And this week we are talking about... Movies. Television. Collectibles. Video games. Wrestling. That's good, because I was going to say wrestling, and then I thought, no, I'm going to say wrestling, and then yeah. you beat, beat me to it. Yeah. Why wrestle when you can wrestle? Exactly. Wrestling. It sounds like, like, so, you know, rascally. Yeah, it sounds like a whole... Wrestling like rascals. A whole lot of fun. I remember yeah. when, I must have been about 19, I was single at the time, uh-huh. and my uh, flatmate lived with two girls, and, mm-hmm. and one of them, who um, I quite liked, mm-hmm. uh, was quite a plucky... Young lass. Young lass, yep. Mm. And um, she had a boyfriend, but she would wrestle me a lot. Oh, that's not normal. <laughs> on, the, on, like, the living room floor, yeah, she would okay. wrestle. Right. And uh, really, like, try to pin and, and get me in holds. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. And um, That's weird. You're acting like it's weird. It was great. Yeah. I can't sure. remember how it even started, but, mm. Uh, mm, yeah, okay. be desperate, like, wrestling. Hmm, so, okay. So when I watched... Uh, the old uh, old mate Florence Pugh mm. today wrestling in a fishnets. I was mm. like, mm, I'd like to wrestle Florence Pugh, wrestle, mm. be wrestled by. See, rest, wrestle sounds like less gross. Dragon? Yeah. I reckon wrestle sounds a little bit more risque. No, it's more like childlike. I think to wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like it was like that um, proverb about. Is it a proverb that might be elevating it a bit mm-hmm. about wrestling with the pig? You both get dirty and the pig likes it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All I right. was that pig. <sighs> so, uh, because we, you know, didn't do one last week, we've got quite a bit of news, quite a few trailers, and then we're going to be talking about fighting with my family, which we just saw. Mm. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about HBO's new documentary, The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley, and then we've got two What to Watch Challenges movies to talk about. Well, four, because we saw different things each, mm. but two weeks' worth, and they are silent films. So, uh, this is a bold adventure. But uh, first, let's go to news. While we're talking about Florence Pugh, there was a rumour that she would be playing a uh, f- antagonist mm. in the upcoming Black Widow movie. Mm. And I did see the other day that they're also talking to Emma Watson about being in this movie, which seems like a pretty high pitch mm. to try and get Emma Watson into this movie. But, uh, yeah, interesting. Well, you know, they've been getting uh, certainly male actors of that calibre to come in and join the Marvel, so why not Emma Watson? Well, I think I mean more in terms of, has there been anyone that's come in that's been so famous from another franchise? Uh, I reckon there has. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. But you can't name one. I but can't tell you. Who. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. They're, it would be like if they were to say, oh, we're going to put Daniel Radcliffe in a Marvel movie, people would go, oh, okay. No, yeah. I think that would be fine because there are, we've got, we're at that point now where there are people that have been in both Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah, but it's all one thing now, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, that's all right. Hmm. And we've got um, people like Ian McKellen being Gandalf and Professor, uh, I mean, Magneto. <laughs> Yes. Mag- Professor Magnet Man? Mm-hmm. Professor Magnets. Scourge of fridges everywhere. I really like that drawer, and I'm going to stick it to the fridge with magnetism. Uh, so, yeah, who knows? 
Uh, the the article I saw mentioned the Emma Watson thing, but then seemed like they were were definitely settled on Florence Pugh. So uh, I don't know if it's both or one mm. or the other or what's going to happen. The only, I love Florence Pugh. I think um, you know I first saw her in Lady Macbeth. I think her stars rising with fighting with my family, but uh, I think that would be great for her to to do something like that. Um, she's probably a good 10 or so years younger than Scarlett, so that'll mm. be interesting. I mean, I know that she's going to have to have female friends and other people that have gone through the same assassin thing that she has. Mm. The article I saw said that she would be another um, trained assassin but with a reverse moral code, which is a bit fucked because Marvel does that every single time in their origin movies, Ant-Man versus Yellow Jacket, Iron Man versus Iron Mungo. Mm. Killmonger versus Black Panther. Everyone fighting the opposite version of themselves. Mm. Uh, same but slightly different. So, you know, I'd rather see them go a little bit more out there. But you were saying today that the uh, rumour was that the villain was Taskmaster. Yes, uh, which I knew nothing about Taskmaster before reading this article. Uh, Taskmaster can has muscle memory and he can learn any skill just by looking at it. Yeah, it's like a sort of skull mask and a uh, shield and a sword in mm. the comics. He's some... Um, mm. There was... Uh, I saw something that he has, like, Cap's shield. He has Moon Knight's cape. Yeah. And all this stuff. He's, he's reasonably well-known. I mean, in the sense that, like... You know, there's Lego figures of him and things like that. Mm. And uh, he appears in a lot of video games and stuff. Mm. So I wonder if they'll gender swap him. Mm. I think having that masked character that turns out to be a female is a, is an old classic trope as well that people love to do. Mm. So, yeah, you never know. It was you? We shared a room. I made you a cupcake on your birthday. And it turns out you're the taskmaster. Mm. And they'll probably have like a, um, a chores board in the room they share. Mm. And she'll be like, oh, you're always such a taskmaster. And then, yeah. They'll look at the camera and wink yeah. and then carry on. Do you reckon yeah. they'll de-age Scarlet? Well, probably. Probably put they a little can. bit of a filter on. Yeah. Tidy up some edges. Mm. Fold in some creases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Why not? All right. So there's that. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to post-endgame when we finally find out what Marvel's schedule is going to be and, mm. and what they're going to be doing. Uh, saw yesterday that Taika Waititi, who we already knew was directing the new, or at least an episode of the new Star Wars TV series that's coming out this year called The Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. is now also voicing uh, Empire Strikes Back bounty hunter IG-88, the big uh, killer robot dude that we've seen do virtually nothing in the past, but uh, we'll finally um, have some screen time and a bit of action. Oh, shut! Is that Boba Fett? Yeah. Fuck, bro. What you doing, bro? Now, yeah. If if this happens, I will be so angry. I, I'm sure. Sh- I, I, I think it would be nuts if you did the cork voice. Oh. I mean, that said. Hey, Dinga, what's with your head, bro? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is more than happy to do the Deadpool voice for Pikachu. Uh. But no, I'm hoping he won't. I I think even. The- hey, Bosk, you want some lotion, bro? <laughs> I'm hoping that um he might not even be. Have a Kiwi voice. Yeah, I hope so. I like. I, I mean, like I know people like really liked it in Ragnarok, but the thing is that makes me annoyed about it is that like it's such an easy gag, and I expect so much better from him. Yeah. Well, I mean, Taika Waititi has played an American in things before. Mm. He was Ryan Reynolds' Green roommate Lantern. in Green yeah. Lantern. 
Uh, so he can do an American voice. Yes. So it could be that. I always pictured IG-88 IG as that sort of cold calculator thing, but they've really done that with K2SO. So mm. I guess they can't replicate that. But that's the sort of personality mm. I would have imagined prior to that. So um, I don't know, but don't you think that because Boba Fett got the New Zealand makeover mm. with the prequels, that it would be too confusing unless there's a link? Like, no. he programmed this robot and oh. gave it a... Because they're the only New Zealand accents in... Oh, and that was because the bloody... Those um, ear cleaner robots. I mean, aliens. The Q-tip guys. The oh, Camonians. Yeah. Yeah. Had New Zealand accents. And they, they? Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah, and they created the clones mm-hmm. using Boba Fett, who also had a New... Or Jango Fett, who also mm. had a New Zealander accent. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But that this whole rumour has always been that when they were going to do a Boba Fett movie, they were going to make it a different guy to what we'd seen, that his identity gets taken by someone else. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if that person does become Pedro, that this Mandalorian is the guy that ultimately... Mm. takes out Boba Fett and takes on his mantle. Mm. And, and he's probably like, who's this dickhead kid? So, yeah, I don't know. Mm. We'll find out. But anyway, that's cool. I'm just glad IG-88's in it. I'm more excited than that about that than Taika Waititi because you see these bounty hunters on the screen for like 10 seconds in Empire Strikes Back and I want to know more. I want to see them in action. Mm. I want to see Jeremy Renner play Dengar. Me too. Let's make it happen. Mm. Let's get Bosk in there. Who's the Bosk? That guy, that lizard guy right there. He's the boss been watching Alyssa Milano on uh, Project Runway, speaking mm. of uh, Who's the Boss, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if it's working for me anymore. I don't mean physically, I mean like so I'm getting to know her as a person yeah, too Yeah, that's, that's the danger, isn't it? Because yeah. Because ultimately most people are really dumb. Yeah. And when you, yeah, when you just realise that they're just like any other normal dumb person, it's yeah. less, like they become less fun and godlike. Yeah. Mm. When you know they're going to ask you questions all the time, especially, oh, you're an Australian. What does that mean? Does everybody in Australia say that word that you just said? Well, I'm not the spokesman for all of Australia mm. and uh, big country. Mm. And, um, you know, when I watch Drag Race and someone says a word, I don't mm. think, oh, Trump will be saying something sickening in his uh, next mm. speech because that must be what all Americans mm. say when something is good. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. That's a bit of a, a little tangent, a little uh, run around the mulberry bush. Um, oh, James Gunn. He's back, baby. Mm. He's back on Guardians 3. So this staring competition between him and Disney, which has been going for a few months now, and who mm. was going to uh, break first? Disney broke. Yeah, well, Disney got to do... They got to fire him, and they got to, you know, strong arm, and then went, well, okay, we can come back now. After everything had died down. Yeah, I. but they did try to get other people. Like, Taika Waititi was offered it, and no one would do it. Mm. And I think I think they lost the game of chicken. Because I don't think it was ever about um, morals and stuff. I think it was money. I think mm. it was his director going to do his third movie and he wants more control and more money. And now that he's coming back, uh, I reckon he must have got a pretty sweet deal mm. in order to, you know, because then they had to get him back. Uh, I think him doing Suicide Squad's got to be a big part of that. Like them going, oh, fuck, well, now he's over with those guys and if this thing's good, we're going to look like dummies Mm. and no one else wants to do Guardians and Guardians is going to bring us a lot of money So, and we need to keep these characters going and we've got everyone under contract, so let's do this thing. But, I mean, to be fair, 
if he was still a dick all the time on Twitter and doing these things, mm. then sure, let's get rid of him. But I think, you know, in this um, world of introspection and outrage, uh, which I'm not knocking, but I'm saying, don't you ultimately, when someone's like just a total dick anywhere and to the point where it's annoying you and making you uncomfortable, it's not that I want them to be punished for the rest of their life. I want them to just stop being a dick. Hmm. And he's done that. He stopped being a dick. He's grown up. He's moved on. That That's the ideal situation for mm. me. So, great. Let's uh, get that raccoon back and do the space thing you got to do. Mm. Yeah. So, not, I was going to say it's not rocket science. It kind of is kind rocket of science. Is. Yeah. 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 Get out the fucking 70s mixtape and let's, let's go. On his last legs anyway, surely. Uh, and then, um, speaking of people crawling back, Bill and Ted. Mm. So this sequel's greenlit. Bill and Ted face the music, hopefully facing the music for all the homophobic slurs in their first two movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, look, I, I feel like a lot of people were a lot more excited than I expected them to be about Bill and Ted. I feel like a lot of those people probably haven't watched Bill yeah, and Ted in the last say, 20 that, years. That is what it is. It's a memory of something that you really um, enjoyed. Because I like, I loved the Bill and Ted movies as a kid, like... They were some of my favourites, yeah. Yeah, and like all those historical figures running around the shopping centre and Genghis Khan going bowling and all that stuff. And when sort of I saw shit. Bogus Journey at the cinema and, and they upped the ante so much, mm. like in terms of, they go to hell, there's an Easter Bunny, mm. oh, the Grim Reaper is yeah. rapping. Yeah. Fuck, I loved that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So, look, I'm look, I, I'm tentatively looking forward to it. I think it will be quite fun and I think uh, if it was going to be garbage, I'd don't think Keanu would be that interested in it. No, because he hasn't done any garbage for a long time. No, but I feel like at this point, it's just <laughs> like, you know. you got to watch Knock Knock. <laughs> oh, but, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. But um, there he goes full Nicolas Cage at the end there. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the problem is, like, there, there are a sector a vocal minority, they're going to be going, oh, yeah, I remember that. And like mm. you said, they're going to have to have had some distance from it because mm. I, you know, when I first got on Letterboxd, I'm logging every film I've ever seen and I'm going, bogus journey, four and a half, fuck yeah. Mm. And then I watched it again. I was like, oh, that's a two. Mm. So, you know, you, you got to be careful. Memory uh, mutates. But mm. um, I, I think the weird thing is that there's going to be so many people, like I work at a high school, who would have no real idea of mm. Bill and Ted apart unless they've got a parent or something that's talked about it. So if to prep they go back and watch mm. the originals... They're going to be like, why do people like this? Yeah, I, th mm. I don't think it's going to hold up. And yeah. I think they're going to go, oh, are they really saying those words? Mm. Very freely. Freely with yeah. impunity and as a joke. Uh, so, yeah, problematic, but... Um, yeah, well, I'm interested to see what the fuck they do with it. Uh, let, let's find out. Uh, they'll probably be put on trial for um, all that air guitar. For, for, for uh, one of them gets killed and the other one goes on a gun rampage. Yeah, yeah. why not? Why not make John... I know John Wick 3 is about to come out, but mm. can we just delay it and can we combine the two? Yeah. You know, share assets, save uh, resources. Yeah, and he has to go through time to um, in his little phone box to save him, save oh. the other one. And what's uh, the other guy, Alex Winter, mm. you know, like, he'll work, surely, for the leftovers on Keanu's plate. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. No problem. Uh, trailers. They're a thing. Endgame. 
we got a fuller trailer. Mm. We saw the Avengers getting the Schindler's List treatment. A lot of uh, black and white mm. with just some little spots of red. Yes. Remember back when uh, it was all spoilery about everybody turning to dust and now everything's just turning to dust before our very eyes. Mm. Uh, the big Avengers logo, dust. Mm. So, in fact, you missed an advertisement today at the beginning of the cinema mm-hmm. where a guy for deodorant where a guy's at a costume party with lines drawn on his chin and a mm. yellow hoodie with purple sleeves. And he goes to give the girls at the party the Thanos treatment. Mm-hmm. And he looks at a girl and winks and clicks his fingers and she turns to dust. Oh. And then they're like, get some ice cool chill deodorant because you're cooler when you're chill. And when he just comes in and is cool and not wearing a Thanos costume, the mm. girls like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably like a dude more if he wasn't wearing a Thanos costume too. Yeah. Yeah. Because that guy would be a dweeb. Probably smell bad too. Mm, Especially if it's the second day of a con. Yeah. And he's probably been wearing the costume for a while. Yeah. And he's wearing a hoodie in warm weather. Yeah. And he's wearing like an orange hoodie. I don't know. Does does that say Thanos to you? No. Look more like Hobgoblin. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Get it together. Yeah. Uh, so, Endgame. Um, you know, great trailer. Lots of feels. Kind of spoilt when you see Jeremy Renner's profile and you see that mohawk on the screen. Mm. Um, that made me feel a little bit queasy. No, it was good. It was my favourite bit of the trailer. His $8 haircut. Yeah. 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 No, look, I'm excited. The gang's all back together, but it's all just bullshit. They've said at the moment it's all pretty much bullshit. Hmm. That they're going to be misleading trailers. There's going to be trailers with footage that's not in there. They are so interested in saving us from spoilers rather than marketing this thing. So I just like seeing them in the suits. Yeah, and we have the suits. They're cool. No idea what this movie's going to turn into past that 20-minute mark. Mm. Um, once they get on the suits and jump in wherever they're going to go, anything mm. could happen. So, mm. I, look, I can't wait. Everybody's waiting for this. This is the event. Yeah, it's pretty much going to be the same. Is it going to be like the same week as the first episode of Game of Thrones? April's going to be pretty packed yeah. in general, I think. I think there's a lot of things coming back in April. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. I'm like... Like, obviously, it's been confirmed as, like, three hours and two minutes or something, which is very exciting. That's a, that's a lot of Avengers for our money. Yes. Um, but I am concerned about who's going to die. Like, there's going to be permanent, oh, yeah. permanent yeah, yeah, yeah. contract-ending deaths. Yeah. Um, and I, like, I feel like I probably have a feeling in the vague area of sort of who it's going to be. Uh, but, you know, the, the part of me is like, I can't wait to watch this movie and see it happen. But then the other part of me is like, I never want this to happen, so I never want to see the movie. It'll be broken. Yeah. And uh, Star Wars Celebration is mid-April, so I'm we're pretty rest assured we'll get the title and trailer for Episode Nine. And I think that Disney would be nuts to not have the Episode Nine trailer playing with Endgame because every motherfucker is going to see Endgame. Mm. And um, that's going to be a really good... Marketing blitz for them. Uh, we also got the trailer finally for Tarantino's new film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm. uh, with Leo, Brad, and Margot. And um, it doesn't tell you a lot, but it's just a slickly cut together Tarantino trailer with music and fun lines and. Yeah, I saw the poster before I saw the trailer, and I was like, "Fuck, is that is that a fan poster? Did some who made that?" And then obviously saw the trailer and, and that was fine. But the poster's a bit 
nothing, isn't it? Mm. Oh, the one with just Leo and Brad yeah. on either side. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you really don't know what to expect. Like, I, I know, obviously, Margot's playing Sharon Tate and Charles Manson appears briefly in mm. there. I think I thought of it as a Charles Manson film, but then that doesn't seem to be a massive focus in the trailer, so I don't know. Mm. Like, I have a feeling it, it will definitely be there. It'll be peripheral, but in the same way that, you know, when you hear about Inglourious Bastards for the first time, you go, okay, here is this war movie, and you're expecting mm. it to be a conventional war movie, and then you're spending a lot of time in a cinema with this woman. Mm. And, and I, I imagine this is going to be one of those things which is, is going to be hard to define mm. in that sense. I do love that last bit with Leo and the little girl. Mm. Um, I mean, like Tarantino just always gets really great performances out of people. Mm. Uh, everybody has yeah, stuff to do. Yeah, and I mean, these are and... people that obviously he's worked with before, and he knows they know him, yeah. and he knows them, and it's but, just going to work. But that said, like that's what I love about him in general is anyone he'll get a really fucking great performance out of. I mean, look at what John Travolta was doing before then, but not mm. even like those sort of A-list people. You know, you look up, um, like, the guy that plays the boss in the strip club that's giving Mike Madsen um, trouble in Kill Bill. You look him up and he's done all these, like, B-grade horror and sci-fi movies. Mm. But he's just fucking great in that movie because he's, he's got stuff to do and say and and everyone's just so fucking filled with energy. Everyone always just looks so pumped to be there and to be, to be doing their thing. So uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, we just watched a trailer for a film called Lucy in the Sky. Uh, while we're still sort of reeling from Vox Lux, we have a new Natalie Portman vehicle, which also looks weird and moody and experimental. It's directed by Noah Hawley, who gave us Legion and uh, Fargo, and uh, it does some pretty trippy stuff. Mm. It's got Dan Stevens in it and a uh, slice of John Hamm. Mm. And um, I recommend you guys watch this trailer. It's not one you've probably heard of. Lucy in the Sky. She's an astronaut. She comes back changed. I believe that it's inspired by that story. Remember that new story about the woman that was having their like, love triangle with the astronauts and then drove across the country in a, wearing a diaper? Oh, and yeah. And had all the stuff in the back of her car? Yeah, right. I uh, think it's based yeah, on okay. that. So mm. it looks like it's going to take an unsettling dark turn. Mm-hmm. I was quite impressed with it. I'm looking forward to that. I think Natalie Portman's doing very interesting things at the moment. Enough to, to do a podcast about her. Any Portman in a storm? Mm-hmm. I want to do a Nicole Kidman one because she's doing interesting things as well. Okay. Like a Destroyer coming out. We should talk about that at some point. Hmm. I could call it, are you fucking Kidman me? You wouldn't get that up on iTunes. <sighs> okay, well, I won't do it there. <laughs> Got my, no, no, I've got my integrity. I'm not going to do it. If they won't let me call it a you fucking kidman me, mm. then I'm not going to do it. Okay. Just save myself some time. All right. Uh, Toy Story 4, we got the actual story trailer mm. this time. Because you keep thinking, well, what's this thing about? Mm. This is a trailer that pretty much tells you everything it's about. Yep. Kid makes a fork toy. Mm. They is lose the fork, the fork toy. It's a spork. Oh, okay. So we're both right. It's 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 right in the we're middle there. We split the baby in the middle, yeah. down the middle. Yeah, uh, it gets lost, and Woody goes, "I gotta save this because this kid loves this toy." And then ends up in a antique store, and then Bo Peep's like, "Hey, you don't have to be in this store or with the little girl. You can go and live at the fair, and and we can have a great time at an amusement park." So yeah, it really like I don't think they're. I feel like that's the movie. Mm. 
like they're not hiding anything because it's mostly aimed younger and they're like well we're just going to tell you so the parents go oh yeah i know what this is my kid will cope with this and then we'll go and see it Mm. but uh i don't know like it seems to kind of undermine that perfect end of toy story 3 a little bit which is okay and he's done all this stuff he's been a attached to toys he's lost them they've come back we've done all that and now they hand down to the next generation and we're done hmm. we don't really, we like, don't need to see the ne- next generation but yeah we don't need to see the cycle again or well, now this yeah. kid's gonna lose a toy and oh i'm so upset i lost this toy mm. don't worry we're other toys we're gonna go find this toy mm. it's like yeah come mm. on i want some actual real deep commentary about well, the nature of toys not, yeah and i, I think it would be uh a more interesting in terms of, you know, the, the old Toy Story is how kids were with toys in the 90s and early 2000s, and now kids interact with their playthings in much different ways. Yeah. And they have other things for entertainment. A lot of kids are like, fuck toys! Mm. I, I want to see that little girl. Mm. Fuck toys! And giving, like, Woody the finger right up in his face. Mm-hmm. Fuck you! You need to step off, son! Get cowboy shit elsewhere. There's not much buzz in the trailer either. Mm. It made me wonder if Tim Allen was back on the drink or something. <laughs> Very strange. All right, so there's that. Uh, we'll guess we'll find out, and I'm sure we'll be charmed because uh, they got that they got that magic touch. Mm. And um, the trailer for Stranger Things three, you pointed out you didn't watch Stranger Things two. I got to say you didn't miss much. It was really like uh, Stranger Things one point five. Mm-hmm. Didn't really advance the story. Was. Uh, had to do a lot of retconning. Oh, how do we get Eleven back? How do we do all this stuff? Mm. Uh, took its time. What about Barb? All that stuff. Uh, but this looks like a fresh new story. New villain. New creature. Uh, looks like they're going to be uh, trapped in a mall, perhaps. Kind of a bit of a Romero zombie tribute. And uh, I, I really like the look of it. I think it's a beautifully cut together trailer. Mm. And it puts the kids all back together, which is something that Series 2 really missed. It just didn't have Eleven with the kids and the kids doing stuff. So get them all back together. I'm excited. I've got to say, though, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, I I think ever since I watched that haunting of Hill House and the ghosts, and I was just like, every scene with the ghost, the ghosts come out and go, and like people are like, ah, it's a ghosty, and they run away. And then there's a point where I'm like, these ghosts aren't doing anything. Mm. And then I look at horror posters and stuff and it's like, here's this gnarled monster hand or like this emaciated hand with long claws. Isn't this scary? I, I want to put this question to our listeners. What can a ghost do or a monster that a person can't do to you? I mean, like that monster it in The Stranger. possess you. Yeah. person can't possess you. But I mean, apart from that... Oh, it's a pretty big thing. Like a person with a knife or something. That's just as scary. And you go, oh, that monster's got big claws, and so, so does a lion. It's a fear of the unknown. Like with a like, is it like if I watch a horror film and there's like supernatural shit, very scary. A person with a knife, not very scary because there's a rationale to that. Yeah, but people do some crazy fucked up shit in real life. Yeah. So you know, just because this one's got bad nails, hmm. I don't think it makes it more scarier than your average white man yes it does because it's, it's mysterious it has a mystery to it what if the it was unknown a, is terrifying what if it was a exotic male from another country mm. with a knife <laughs> i'm just saying mm. like you know let's you mean like an let, exotic dancer male or like just an ex- exotic male i'm saying like um 
uh, Fernando on Fuller House. I love Fernando. Yeah. With a knife, though. Oh, but... The unknown, the mystery. Just, he'd just have a little butter knife. He's a nice boy. Look, I'm just saying that we're all scared because, oh, look, it's a scary hand and arm. Real human arms can be just as scary. So let's not get all hung up about the supernatural. Let's take a look at the real... And real world stuff always scares me more. Hmm. than God. Like, horror movies don't scare me because I'm just like, oh, yeah, I've watched Face Off. That's just a latex mask. Woo! Ooh, we were in it. Like, the Bubba Duke. Mm. I'll fucking nut him if I saw him. Mm-hmm. Not nut on him. <laughs> nut him. Just headbutt him. Okay. Yeah. Top hat and, like, needs a haircut. Yeah, we don't know what he's got underneath the top and hat. He's all pale. He's got, like, um, you know, fingernails. So what? And, like, I, anyone could not have a haircut and grow and, like, hold five knives in each hands and come and fuck you up just as much as the Babadook. Mm. You know? They're not going to waste time drawing up a picture book before they do it. Jesus. Oh, deviant art top hat man it's scary at all uh, let's review fighting with you know my what? I, I think the contents of deviant art came to life that would be really yeah, scary no, that's what I mean like there's nothing in a horror movie that's scarier than 4chan hmm. yeah. yeah the men of 4chan calendar mm. yeah. wow very sweaty uh, let's review fighting with my family <sighs> yep well, what did you? We haven't really talked about this. Uh, what, did, what did you think about it? First, what is it if people have no idea? Uh, so it's the based on a true story of uh, a lady wrestler called Paige who comes from England and then goes to America and then beats up some Americans and wins a thing. Yeah, yeah. And she and her family—they're all wrestlers. They love wrestling. Mm. They wrestle each other. Mm. They've all got the dream to become wrestlers, but it's it's little Paige. That uh, gets out there in a fishnets and her eyeliner and pretends to beat up other women and mm. wins. And, and The Rock's in it. Uh, he's big on the poster, but he's in it for about, you know, five, ten minutes as kind of a fairy godmother mm. uh, kind of character to her Cinderella. Um, so what did you think of it? Oh, like it was fine. Like, I don't think... Like, it started off really rough. Like, there was a lot of that script where I was just like, oh, my God, is this going to be two hours of this? Is this what we're sitting down to watch? Um, but it, while it got better, I feel like it never really uh, grabbed me. It's fine. Like, I think it's entertaining. But when you start to go... Because I don't think I'd really glommed onto the idea that it was a true story until we started watching it. Like, I knew it was inspired by, but I was thinking more, okay, it's going to be about this really eccentric family from Norwich, the, you know, and it kind of is, but it's really about Paige, the wrestler, who goes off and, and does this thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so as a biopic, it's pretty soft, and yeah. I think it's sort of what you're getting out of the script. There's this kind of almost sitcom kind of feel yeah. to the whole thing in terms of the everybody's kind of a lovable rascal. There's no grit to this at all. Every, you know, Lena Making Heady jokes and, about going to jail for violence and, and stuff. And Nick Frost like, are the parents and they're kind of sitcommy parents yeah. and, uh, you know, they say jokes and you go, Mum and Dad, mm. what are you like? Mm. And, uh, but she's very likeable. I love Florence Pugh. I enjoyed watching her wrestle on the big screen for however long it was. So there was that, but it's also that thing of 
your dream and particularly that dream once you go to America where fulfilling your dream means being yelled at and abused by an authority figure who does not let you have any opinion or personality of your own Mm. and the movie normalizes that as many bits of American pop culture or reality TV normalize it that Mm. idea that if you really want something and you go into that industry your boss will scream at you and yell at you and demoralize you but it's all worth it if you both make because, some money Because they're at the teaching age. you something and they will nod and smile sagely at the end knowing they did a good job yelling at you. Yeah, I know of no environment I've been in where that's a healthy or good thing mm. or helps any kind of process. Uh, so there's that where you just think, oh, fuck, who would want this? Mm. Like... Do you want to, like, have a drill sergeant screaming at you all the time and telling you to shut up and... Mm. Yeah. I think that the other sort of issue with it is, like, I can prob- I can watch most sports movies, like, about any sport and gain some sort of appreciation for the sport. But I know no more about wrestling now than I did before. No. And have no more affection for wrestling than I did previously. And it's a fan, like it's a fantasy. They sort of they don't like using the word fake, but they talk about it being fictionalized and fixed. Yeah. And uh, and so it's presented as this major victory at the end when she beats this girl and she's finally reached the pinnacle and all of this stuff. And it's like, but wasn't that already predetermined? Yeah. It's like, isn't it? Like, it, there's a point. Like, I'm not saying that none of these people are skilled. Obviously, they are, but they're skilled up to a point, and then it's just marketing. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's clear athleticism. Mm. Um, there's no doubt about that and the grueling training and everything and, mm. and that you have to be a uh, certain type of person to be able to do it mm. and to deliver those. Um, and even, like, The Rock, when he does his stage trash talk, it's mm. cringeworthy. Mm. Like, there's something really dorky about mm. wrestling, like kids disco kind of dorky. Mm. Um, and then when you think about the people that it attracts, it's all about screaming threats of violence Mm. at other people. I heard you did this. I didn't like this. You said this. So I'm going to kick your candy ass. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. Very, it's very, and only America would come up with the, that entertainment. Yeah. Of people threatening, screaming violence at each other. And, like, I, I know people who are into wrestling, and I... Like, most things that, that people like, I can go, I understand what it is about this thing that you enjoy. But I look at the people that I know that like wrestling, and I just think, why? What is... What is it that you... Because they will, like, you know, they'll watch wrestling, and they'll go and watch amateur wrestling, the saddest type of wrestling, and they love it. They absolutely love it. And I'm just like, I don't... Please explain to me, because I genuinely do not understand mm. the appeal of this thing. It has to be some sort of extended experience beyond the actual yeah. thing, like, you know, sitting on a Saturday evening with a loved one, watching mm. it when you were a kid or something like that. I feel like yeah. they need some kind of connection into you, because it's hard to imagine anyone just coming in cold. Mm. And going, oh, yeah, this is a thing that I'm going to get really enthusiastic about. Mm. I mean... You know, if I had an opportunity to go and sit and watch WrestleMania hmm. um, 
fuck yeah, I would because what I imagine what an experience and a spectacle mm. it would be yeah. crazy. But I've uh, watched it like if it, uh, I've watched it on TV. Like if it's on TV on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. I'd turn it on. I don't and think I'd I could it. watch it on TV, but I, 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 I would, um, you know, I, I would go there in the audience and, and watch at least once. And watch some of, rednecks baying for blood. Yeah, mm. but see, that would be part of the thing I'd be watching. It would mm. definitely be an ironic watch and, mm. a, and a sort of cultural study of a watch and just looking at people and going, wow, wow, you really, mm. uh, you really buy into this. Yeah, and it's funny, like, a lot of, not a lot of, but many wrestling people that I have come across over the years are really anti-sport like they'll make fun of people who like like football or cricket but then they're really into wrestling yeah, because that that's like sense. because that's like a, it's a better form of and it's like no and then you not. dear listener go oh but you really like star wars and stuff like that and i do but you know apart from this sort of forum where i get to talk about it a bit i'm not in the cinema screaming out stuff or being like Mm. totally like i definitely get excited but i mean i am an adult you can internalize it and go mm. and watch it and it's really a personal sort of experience. I don't know what would get me screaming out. Like I see people in wrestling, or mm. oh, I know what I know what the room watching the room will get me screaming oh, out. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's the same thing. It's, it's part thing. of the it's, contract, isn't yeah. it? It's part yeah, of yeah. the agreed upon contract that you go there, and and that's part of the fun and the experience. So mm. I certainly don't begrudge anybody that. Oh no, no. Like people, people like what they like. I just. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But good for Paige. <laughs> yeah, good, good on her. You got yeah. a, you got an ugly belt. You, yes, an ugly belt, With and a you know, really the, big V on it. And the thing I love about uh, Paige, after you know spending an hour and a half with her, um, is that she was wearing a top. Many of the other ladies weren't really wearing tops. No, but she was wearing. When they in the credits, they show some real footage of this mm. family. Uh, and she had a midriff out, mm. but uh, Florence Pugh was like, "No, no, 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 mm. no, no! I'm not having that. I'm not getting my body out. It's Pugh's not short for pudendum. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really uh, class this up." <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It was, it was tough, but she managed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Uh, um. Mm, so, what, what would you give it? Like a three? Oh, two and a half. You're going to give it a two and a half. Two and a half. It's just like right down the middle. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. It, did it just did its job. It was perfectly serviceable. Like, my favourite bits were the bits The Rock were in. It's like you went to McDonald's and you got a Big Mac and it was a Big Mac. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 100% like that. Um, yeah, like it was fine. I mean, you might get a little bit more out of it, obviously, if you are a wrestling fan. There were some cameos. I only recognise, like, one person. Was it Seamus, the guy who played the pig in the Ninja Turtles movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was in it. I, there was another guy, but I didn't know who he was. So, yeah. look, if you really like wrestling, you probably will go, oh, my God, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy that played the pig in his name's Seamus. He's got red hair. He's Irish. <laughs> he talks funny. Yeah, which was another thing in this fucking film, the whole... Because oh, yeah. she's English. Yeah. Americans constantly. There's at least two different people, including The Rock, going, "Oh, Harry, Harry Potter. You're just like Harry Potter because you're British. Ha <laughs> bad teeth, Harry. Harry, go back to Hogwarts, you English person. Mm. They use Oliver, Oliver Twist, yeah. and Harry Potter. Yeah. And God bless 
Britain for finally putting out Harry Potter so that it wasn't just Oliver <laughs> Twist for it because Australia's never done anything so we still get Crocodile Dundee we still, we still get the 30 mm. years ago I was listening I had, I'd, I've turned off a few things recently because of this phenomenon mm-hmm. started watching um, I just listened to Amy Schumer's audio book yeah started watching her Netflix thing and then she talks about and I'm, we're not British my family are British but starts talking about the Queen and stuff and then it's like what what do British people say la 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 oh pip pip and I just was like nope yeah. you're done yeah because it's like we're a global society now you can't get away with being that dumb yeah like you really and especially someone who's like really anti-Trump and anti that sort of hopefully arrogant ignorance about yeah. other places to then go no but I'll do an easy low-hanging fruit joke and go haha don't British people talk funny and then proceed yeah. to talk say things that British people don't actually say yeah. that's just comedy bang bang I love fucking comedy bang bang they were the girls from um, Pen15 were on there and I was mm. like I really like that then they start doing Australian accents and talking about Australian accents and Scott's like oh you basically just pick the wrong worst possible vowel and put that in instead and they're like saying all these words in this crazy way with the vowels all switched around. And it's like, it's not funny. It's not even true. It's really fucking irritating. Mm. You hear people like Nicole Kidman and Chris Hemsworth and everybody mm. talking all the fucking time. None of them are doing what you're doing. And I, again, I just turned it off. Mm. And I'm like, I, I should be enjoying these things, but I can't because... Of this fucking stupid dingo ate my baby stuff that people keep saying. Mm. Put another shrimp on the barbie, Mort. Speaking of Chris Hemsworth, though, um, he's, uh, well, he, he left last week, I think, but he was in WA for quite a while. Oh, yeah, he went he and checked out the quokkas. He and Matt Damon went, uh, went to Rottnest, then went up uh, up north to Broome and mm. hung out up there, and there yeah. was a bit of a Hemsworth watch going, where's, where's Chris Hemsworth at any moment? Well, he should go and catch Amy Schumer and Scott Aukerman and everyone else who's been doing this lately and punch him in the mouth. Yeah. The violence. That solves everything. A language... America understands. Mm. He should kick their candy asses. Love asses. Mm. Love them. They're, they're very fixated on that particular oh, area. I want to get right up your bum bum. Yeah. Your yeah. lolly bottom. Lolly bottom, okay. I'm going to boot your lolly bottom. That's, that's very Harry Potter of you. I'm going to give it three stars. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you, you're the extra half a star of Florence Pugh. Yeah, and like, I had Florence Pugh to And, watch. like, I thought she was fine, but she does not uh, uh, float one's boat. Does so, two and a half. ring my be- your bell in the same way she rings mine. Correct. Wallaby might. Um, all right, now, we had to watch some silent film. Oh, oh, no, I want to talk quickly about the inventor out for Blood in Silicon Valley. Mm. This was interesting. Do you know... I had not heard about this, but apparently this is a thing. Elizabeth Holmes, did you know about her? No. I'm going to do a very brief version of this. Okay. And um, forgive me if I get details wrong. I've only just watched this documentary once. Mm. But um, 19, drops out of Stanford, has this idea to be to change the way that we diagnose diseases and mm-hmm. that we take blood, knowing that people don't like having blood ripped out of their bodies with a big needle. Mm-hmm. So all the pictures of her are holding this tiny, tiny little vial, about a centimetre high, of mm-hmm. tiny little capillary blood from the finger. Mm-hmm. And the idea is she'll put it into a machine, which is called the Edison, mm-hmm. and it will diagnose a couple of hundred different diseases. So pretty much painless, easy, yes. 
Uh, she dresses like Steve, Steve Jobs. There's this whole cult of personality around her as being this um, genius. And she gets huge investment from a lot of rich old white men. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who have been former secretaries of state, Henry Kissinger, all these, all these people. Mm-hmm. And uh, her company Theranos becomes worth $8 billion. And she's worth half of that. And um, it's all bullshit. You can't actually do this thing that she mm. claims to do. Mm. And um, within four years, it's worth nothing. Mm. And she's been indicted for fraud and everything and uh, is going away. So fascinating story. It looks like it all came from a good place. And the intent was to, to figure this stuff out. And mm. they, they point out that uh, Edison himself uh, would fake it till he made it like there were certain things with investors with the light bulb where he said he cracked it he did fake demonstrations uh, and then was lucky enough at the last minute to actually crack the light bulb for Mm. real and got away with it um so i guess there was that feeling that she could do this but as more and more investors needed to be pleased they would have to compromise what they were doing and fake what they were doing and lie about a lot of stuff and the lies grew and grew and grew and then mm. they became very litigious against people in their own company and were scared of things getting out and wall street journal ended up doing a big expose on it and, mm-hmm. and it all came out uh but the things that i thought were interesting about it my takeaways which the documentary does not explicitly talk about but i thought were interesting discussion points was one you know with like spam emails and stuff mm. and the trick to them is you've got to tell people what they want to hear so I'm not going to fall for the Nigerian prince thing and all, all that other stuff. Mm. But when I get a spam one, which is like, your blog has been selected or you as a writer or your podcast is one of the... Mm. I click on it because it tells me exactly what I want to hear. And you realize that all these uh, multimillionaires, their time's running out and the thing they can't buy is immortality. And that mm. was kind of what was being sold here, this idea of diagnosing very early on and people would live longer and you would have your family around much longer. Mm. So you can see how they would buy into this idea. But the other thing I thought was really interesting is that it's the most hardcore extension of that consistent messaging, particularly in America, of if you believe in something and you work hard at it, you will succeed. You can manifest success. And it looked like she was doing that. Mm. But ultimately, in order to manifest success and to believe and to work hard and succeed, she would have to have to have bended reality around mm. her. It would have had to have been warped. Mm. Because when you think about it, this machine inside was going to have to do this automated... It was going to be picking up samples and mixing them and mm. it had the centrifuges and all this stuff. And apparently, these machines, if you open them up, were just covered in broken bottles and needles and blood everywhere mm. because it was just impossible. Mm. I mean, even like practically, like at work, we have machines. Oh, so that yeah, take you blood would know. Yeah, and we put them in, and it has an internal centrifuge, and it does all the stuff. Um, but there is no way that a tiny vial taken out of capillary uh, blood in your finger is going to be enough. Yes, like you need a certain amount, and if you're running all of these different tests, you need more blood. Like it's just mm. a volume thing like it cannot work yeah um and uh, yeah like you can only test for you can only test for so many things you can test for clinical things like you can't magically test for you know anything in the world like there's a certain you you get parameters and then from those parameters you deduce what the thing might be 
Like, that's how it works. And what they were literally having to do was, like, the investors would come around, they'd see the machine, they'd get their blood taken, they'd put Mm. the capsule in, they'd go and take them for coffee or whatever Mm. while the machine thought, and then when they went out of the room, lab assistants would come running in, take the blood out, run out into a lab, dilute it for some of the tests in order Mm -hmm. to have more volume, and, yeah, and and the results that were coming back were becoming so inaccurate that they were life-threatening because they would incorrectly tell people, for example, that they didn't have something like syphilis when Mm. the chances were that they did. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, it was crazy. But I just just really am interested in that sort of... um, Because I I think that capitalist belief in faith and belief in yourself, which is the central message of American movies from the Disney movies we see as a kid to, mm. you know, and that idea, if you work hard enough, and you, how many reality shows do you watch where they're going, I want to prove to my kids that if you work hard enough, you can succeed mm. any, and do anything, even though these people end up going home with their tail between their legs at some point in the series. And, and that it's almost like religion. It's like that sort of faith that people have in Jesus or God, that idea of that it's, it's so ingrained in there. This idea that, no, I can make it, I can do it. Couldn't fucking do it, and we'll go to jail. Mm. So, uh, yeah, crazy. Really interesting. Um, Not as interesting as you would hope. I thought the story was interesting. Doesn't really get an insight from her into her Mm. mindset about it. But um, still, interesting story that a lot of people have probably already heard about. But uh, I was fascinated by it. What to Watch Challenge... I'm going to have to close that sliding door, aren't I? Because somebody out there is using some hedge machine. Can you, can you hear it? Like, maybe we can just push on. We've only got a couple of minutes All right, left. They probably can't hear it. I'm going to talk about silent films anyway. And what? And if you can hear a, uh, someone pruning a hedge outside, what, what better way to capture the atmosphere? Mm-hmm. So this is our first encounter with uh, old-timey silent films, actually yeah. sitting down as adults and watching and thinking about them. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, this one was actually... A bit of a struggle, not because they were bad films, but because I have got into such bad habits of not paying attention to things. And you need to pay attention to these movies because there's no dialogue for you to kind of just glance away and look at your phone and, and, uh, you know, you have to be watching every facial expression, every movement, every everything. I'll admit, I did them in shifts. Yes. Like I'd go, oh, I'm going to eat something now, so I'm going to watch another half hour of this yeah, while I eat. Yeah. And then I would I find, oh, actually I'm quite hooked in it now, and yeah. I'm going to watch it for like 40 minutes or 50 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was a different way of viewing. Yeah. That said, I enjoyed both films more than I, I thought I would. Okay. Uh, particularly the first one. So our first prompt was we had to watch a film directed by Yasujiro Ozu. Mm-hmm. Um, Ozu is a Japanese director of silent films. I watched I Was Born, comma, But Ellipses, mm. which is from 1930-something. I, th- I want to say 1932, but I really don't remember. Mm. And it's about some awesome kids, mm-hmm. these kick-ass two young boys who move to this new place with their father, who's a... Um, works in uh he's, he's kind of like a um, you know like a company man mm. and um they go to this new place uh, on the outskirts of tokyo and the kids there's a gang there mm. sort of little rascals-esque gang who bully them so mm. they stop going to school they just pretend that they go to school and they hang out and do wacky stuff mm. lots of kids pushing each other around and pushing each other in the head these kids' performances are fucking great. Like, their facial mm. expressions and their selling of comedy. Some of the best child acting I've seen, and this is mm. in, like, the 30s. 
uh, quite funny. And um, then they end up becoming leaders of the gang. And this argument becomes like, whose father's better? And the one of the gang kids' father is their father's boss. Mm-hmm. So they go and see this watch. They spy on a meeting with them. And the father is a fucking buffoon. And he, like, licks this guy's ass and is really, mm-hmm. like... So they basically come home, these two tough little Japanese kids. And are like, Dad, you're shit. What is your problem? We mm-hmm. thought you were cool, but you are a fucking weak as piss joke mate mm-hmm. uh, and then they go on a hunger strike because he spanks them you can't call me that now nah, well you're fucked and then they basically decide we've got to be better than our dad we're going to be generals and stuff and then they go out and really fucking lay into they've got this mm-hmm. great hand gesture they do to the kid that used to bully them like they put their hands out and when they do that he has to lay in the dirt mm-hmm and then adults will come up and go, oh, stop that, and they'll get this kid up and dust him off, and then the adult will turn around, they'll do the hand gesture again, and this kid will lay down in the dirt. So they, they're pretty badass kids. Mm-hmm. Only sad thing is these aren't great if you're worried about mortality, because you look up this kid and you go, oh, yeah. oh this kid who I'm watching who was fucking awesome uh, died. Oh, yeah, like this was... At the age of 85. The other problem I had with these is knowing that every single person in these films is dead. Yeah, cute kid, but he's dead. Yeah. What did you watch? Uh, I watched a movie called Days of Youth, which I had to find because I initially was going to be doing a movie called Late Spring, but once the actors started speaking, I went, oh, fuck, this is not right. So is advertised. Yeah, yeah. So um, Days of Youth is from 1929. And uh, it's it was pretty funny. Like, I, I quite enjoyed it. I admit that I didn't actually finish it. My attention span did not uh, get right to the end. It was about, like, a two-hour film. It was, it was quite, uh, quite a lengthy job. But it's sort of a love triangle kind of thing where these two guys are sort of competing for the affections of this girl and a lot of very physical sort of slapsticky comedy. Um, uh, one of the guys, he meets this girl because he, he puts a, a note up in the window of his apartment saying, oh, room for rent. And uh, he takes it down every time someone, like, ugly or old or whatever comes to get the room. He only wants, like, hot young women. And so, look, his intentions are not uh, particularly pure, but there's a, you know, a series of events. That's... He knows what he likes. Yes, absolutely. And then there's another guy who's sort of courting this woman as well. And it was uh, it was fun and breezy. And, again, every time I was like, oh, oh, that guy has such a kind face and a nice smile. I'm like, but he's dead. I'm like, um, So, yeah, that was fun. I, I did I did enjoy it, even if my, uh, my if brain it... the entire time wanted to be looking at my phone. And then we had to do a Charlie Chaplin. Mm. I watched The Kid. Mm. And so and this kid was great, too. Mm. Great child actor. Becomes uh, It starts as a baby because he gets abandoned, but then, you know, five years later, and he's a five-year-old breaking windows so that Charlie Chaplin can come and fix them with his little glass business. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, cops and the original parents are out looking for this kid. Um, So I looked up this kid. This kid turned out to be... uh, Grew up to be Uncle Fester on the Addams Family. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. So watching him as five, and you can see that malevolence Mm. in his eyes that would later appear Mm. as um, Uncle Fester... Uh, but dead. Charlie Chaplin's <laughs> dead. 
everyone's dead. But I, I guess Charlie Chaplin had only existed for me as a kind of icon, like an mm. image. But to actually, the first time he walked onto screen and came around the corner and started doing his um, wacky hobo act, mm. I was like, wow, you got so much presence. Mm. Uh, and I quite enjoyed him. Mm. And um, yeah, it's clever. I think... I expected, I mean, I was watching a restored version, but I think I expected really flickery kind of wide shot slapstick, mm. just little story. But there was actually a lot more to it than I was expecting. Um, and this was from the 20s. Mm. Um, so actually, yeah, it was a lot more put together and more of a narrative than I was expecting. And mm. um, a lot of business. And uh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't bad. I preferred the other one, but uh, I, I think I, I rated them both highly for what they were. Yeah, um, I watched The Adventurer. I can't remember what year it's from. Um, but this one was about a half an hour one, so that was a lot easier to, yeah. <laughs> to get through in, in one chunk. Um, the kid's an hour. Oh, okay. Um, and he's a, an escaped criminal. And he's, you know, evading the police and ends up at this party and is sort of courting this girl. And, again, slapstick comedy, um, lots of, like, little clever bits and pieces. Some interesting... Um, they mostly have fairly static camera, but I did notice a couple of shots that were a little bit more sort of inventive than I would have necessarily expected for, say, the 20s or 30s. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, I did enjoy that one, and then uh, YouTube suggested some other ones to me. So I also watched The Pest, which was... Um, he's at, like, a little go-kart race kind of thing that's being like filmed for television and he just keeps trying to get himself in front of the cameras for the entire thing to the uh you know um annoyance of everybody and uh compromising the safety of everybody there too and uh, man it was just watching that and just being like god men are exhausting wasn't john leguizamo in a movie called the pest yes. in his youth i wonder if that's a remake well, this pest only went for six minutes, so they would have had to really draw out that plot. Oh, they're not afraid to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lovable hobo coming in. We probably want to eat the tyres off the mm. cars. Mm. Poor hungry. You know, hobo donuts. Yeah. Tyres in the 20s. Yeah. Woo. All right. Uh, and next week, more silent movies. Uh, it's a German director whose name I have not written down, but it starts mm. with L. Okay. And uh, I'm watching a film called The Doll, I think. Okay. Or The Puppet, one of those. I don't remember what I'm watching. I yeah. will find that out when I get to it. All right, well, we're done. Next time, right. I guess we've got Dumbo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, Shazam, when's and that? And Shazam, I think, is coming up too. So yeah. uh, stuff happening very soon. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. And... Um, Wrestle on. Oh, I, sorry, I've got to do a spiel, don't I? Yeah. Um, go to fruitlesspursuits.com to find out everything we're doing. Uh, Dungeons and Drongos is taking another week off, if you've been wondering where that is, just because uh, Suzanne has not been well, but she's on the mend and will be back uh, very, very soon. Hopefully, uh, the week after. Um, I think definitely the week after. And uh, yeah, you'll find links to our Facebook discussion page. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, links to our Patreon and all that stuff. So please. Uh, support us, spread the word, and um, yeah, let us know of anything you'd like us to cover. And uh, yeah, that's it. Tinkity tonk. <laughs>